Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David, why are you standing and not sitting? I think I'm going to do this one standing. No, that's not true at all. <laughs> okay. You just said you wanted this to be short. Do you want it to be like 15 minutes? Like, do you got somewhere to be? Um, all right. So, uh, so everyone, thanks for, uh, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Um, now, uh, first things first. We, you know, we've had all these guest episodes, and so we've uh, forgotten to go back and let everyone know about the Josh Fadum BP supplement right. number four. Yeah, here's what happened. We recorded it. There was a mic problem that I would have caught if I were more professional and actually listened to the episode before I put it up. Whatever. That's what the big shows do. They listen to them before they put them up. Yeah, they also get money in some way. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. You know. so uh, I, yeah, I don't have any obligation to do that. So anyway, we put it up. There were problems. We took it down. Josh was uh, awesome enough to uh, come out and, and re-record the whole episode. Right. Uh, so we put that up and promptly told no one. <laughs> I mean, I, I sent out a thing, but here's, here's the problem is if you have, if you downloaded, uh, or subscribe to the podcast, if you downloaded, uh, the first, you know, take one, uh, then the, it's not going to upload take two. You literally have to delete take one and re-download and you will get the better, the better version. Yeah. Sorry about that. I should, I guess I should, I mean... I think I did the version the way it was easier for me as opposed to easier for the listener because I didn't change the RSS feed, which reminds me now, I bet the, in iTunes it probably says the episode's like an hour and ten minutes when it's actually longer. It does say that, yeah. I didn't change anything in the feed, so. That's all right. Sorry about that. Uh, I wasn't thinking. It's a supplement, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Thanks for making me feel better. (laughs) No problem. Um, So, Okay. So the other thing, oh my gosh, there's all kinds of noise going on, David. Um, I don't think they can hear it. Okay. Uh, so the second thing, yeah. I wanted to bring. I wanted to bring something up, David. You know about this. I told you about it a few days ago. Oh, you know what? Before I get into that, because what I'm about to say is fairly serious and kind of sad and angering and all that kind of thing. But so before we get to that, uh, special congratulations to Wyatt Snack. Oh, yeah. Who uh, you can now see on The Daily Show. He's the newest correspondent on The Daily Show. And uh, We discovered him, of course. Of course. <laughs> no it question. wasn't all that time writing for King of the Hill or any of the other <laughs> awesome credits that he has. It was his no, it was... Uh, January 1st appearance on That's right. On uh, this show. I mean, it's, uh, it's common knowledge that Jon Stewart likes to ring in the new year by, uh, you know, listening to podcasts. And uh, he... <laughs> I'm sure you heard Wyatt, and so uh, and Wyatt's first episode was uh, Tuesday. Tuesday, and he was hilarious. Yeah, it was a very good episode. So congratulations to him, and uh, everybody. If you enjoyed his episode, uh, be on the lookout because uh, he'll show up from time to time on the Daily Show, and it's lots of fun. Now, back to business. So <coughs> now, David, are you okay with me sharing this? It's the thing I was talking about the other day. Yes, I know, and I meant to to take the time to. Research it some more, and I just I have been very busy. That's all right. I'll I'll carry the ball on this Which one. Which is why I'm um, so tired right now, and why I would like to keep this episode to a, a brisk fifteen to seventeen minutes. There we go. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, we'll push it to like thirty-two or something. Uh-huh. Um, all right, so, David, you are literally laying on on the bed now. Okay, so um, so here's the deal. Um, some people may be aware of this, uh, but. I guess I'll preface this by saying, when I was young, I used to love wa- to watch wrestling. And my favorite wrestler was, of course, All-American Hulk Hogan. Uh, you know, the, uh, 
Just the the Jimmy Stewart of wrestling. Like but didn't everybody he start loved out him. as a villain character. He's uh, it's way early. He started as a a character named Sterling Golden. Okay. And uh, that didn't last very long. And then they turned him into Hulk Hogan, and he was just this. You know, he represented everything that uh, that you wanted your family to be and everything. <laughs> and so, um, anyway, so I I am a big fan of Hulk Hogan, or I was a big fan of Hulk Hulk Hogan when I was younger. Um, so anyway, uh, so some people already probably know the direction that I'm I'm headed if they if they know about the story. So his son uh, Nick, uh, about a year ago, was in a uh, a car accident. And that would normally not be that big of a deal, except that he had been in, by that time he had been in several car accidents already. And he was just a very reckless driver, and he would just crash car, nice car after nice car after nice car. And so he got in a car accident with a friend of his and uh, destroyed, I don't remember the, the type of car, it's really nice. And I mean, if you look at the picture of the wrecked car, it's astonishing that anybody got out of it alive. I mean, it is literally just a a big trash heap of metal. I mean, it's just, just really uh, horrific. But anyway, so Nick made it out alive and fairly unscathed. He, his friend in the car wound up uh, in a coma and with, like, some, you know, brain damage and stuff. And so Nick um, wound up being sentenced to eight months in county jail. And, you know, it's just... Jail, in general, is going to be very difficult, but I will say that he probably has it as easy as is possible. He has his own cell because he's something of a celebrity. So it's basically just spending eight months alone. Um, right. He doesn't really have to worry about getting shivved in the shower or anything like that. And so... Um, what? What are you chuckling at? I like that you went ahead and made that alliterative. <laughs> well, you know, raped in the shower. It's just, uh, it just doesn't doesn't dance around in your mouth when you say it. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, so he's he, you know, I mean, jail is always bad, and eight months alone would probably be pretty freaky. But it's not the worst thing, and he still actually can have contact with his parents. Um, I think because he's a minor or something like that. Anyway, so. Some, so they record, like, telephone calls and stuff between prisoners and, and visitors and stuff. And so, of course, because he's a celebrity, uh, some telephone conversations that he had with both of his parents were leaked uh, uh-huh. by a guard. And the stuff that they that he says and the stuff that his parents say are so atrociously horrible that, I mean, it has soured me completely on Hulk Hogan. It soured me com- – it just – it really – it made me – Sad, and it made me angry uh, all at the same time. Basically, uh, they they started... What happened was they started blaming the victim, which is Nick's friend, who is still in a coma. And I'll go ahead and say this now, that if you see... You can find pictures of him on the internet, yeah. and honestly, it looks as though his head is like a rubber mask that somebody has pushed in and it hasn't popped out yet because his forehead is like kind of caved in and it looks horrible. And this guy like just, he like got back from a tour in Iraq and yeah. he came and he made, he made that out alive. Meanwhile, uh, you know, driving with his friend and he's in a coma. And so, but Hulk Hogan and his wife, soon to be ex-wife, I think, um, are, they're like blaming this guy 
in a karmic kind of way. Like Hulk Hogan literally said like, oh yeah, he must have been into some bad stuff for God to do this to him. And it's like, Ugh. and it's such a horrible, horrible mindset. And I just want to, I, I just want to freaking scream when I read that, like I almost like welled up from anger, which doesn't happen very often. And, uh, it just, no, what you got almost got so mad that you cried. Yeah. Haven't you ever had that? I don't know. Not, not just not like <laughs> when I was a kid. I guess just <laughs> maybe just not literally like wept, but just right. You just feel so right. Like, just a like surge I want to do something, right. and there's nothing that I can do except, of course, except vent on a podcast. Vent on a podcast. Uh, yeah, and, and this is because we're a movie podcast, and this has nothing to do with movies at hang all. Hang on, now, no holds barred. Okay, <laughs> of course, starring um, Zeus Lister, but. It's important. I mean, it's it's atrocious and should be talked about, but it's important to you because uh, I think at least uh, specifically that last thing that yeah. Hogan, Hogan said, because you, as loyal listeners know, are pretty much constantly combating the image of Christians. Uh, yeah, it really is. I mean, I've said this before, uh, where literally, like, I like to think that most of my Christian friends and myself are, you know, I'd say politically moderate. Uh, reasonable people that aren't incredibly judgmental. Sometimes we are, uh, and we apologize, and we try to realize it and apologize for it. But then, and just when we may be making some kind of progress in, like, socially, uh, somebody like Hulk Hogan will come along and, like, in some spiritual way, just completely uh, absolve uh, Nick Hogan of doing anything wrong. Yeah. Uh, You know, he's fine. Clearly, if this guy's in a coma with his head caved in, he must have done something wrong for God to do this to him. And it's just such a... It's like, man, you've, like, set us back a long time. Yeah. It's... I mean, it really is just... It's so infuriating. And so, like... And that... I, I It sounds really stupid, but I feel like the only thing that I can do is tell several hundred people on the podcast that, hey, in case you didn't know this, this guy's a total fucking asshole, and uh, you should not like him. Yeah. In case anybody anybody who listens to our podcast had a had an opinion on Hulk Hogan <laughs> that was positive in any in any way, so it was just it was very frustrating. And, I never uh, liked him because of what he did to Richard Belzer. Now, but, now, now, I didn't. And know I don't this. even. I don't like Richard Belzer. I should right. say that right now. That's. I don't know if that's a controversial opinion, but that guy gets on my nerves. Why is that? Uh, he j- basically he uh, he he carries himself as though he's. A funny guy. Okay. And yet he never does or says anything funny. He never particularly does or says anything unfunny. Yeah. He's he's just like, he's got all the, he's he's he's, he's put on all the accoutrement of, okay. of hip, funny guy. Yeah. But without ever making any jokes. And he just shows up. It's like, is the fact that he shows up on different shows all the time, is that supposed to be funny to me? It's I think at this point it's supposed to be amusing that yeah. his character... Munch, I believe his name is, uh, has just in some weird uh, Forrest Gump way has just stumbled his way into like eight TV shows now. Yeah, and, and he uh, even <laughs> sullied a scene in The Wire. In, in season, that's right. In the that's last right. season, there that, that was that was sad for me. Well, it was to be expected because The Wire's was made yeah. by the same guys that did Homicide. So yeah, that but, one makes the most sense of all of them. Uh, but is the most annoying. Yes, to me. But anyway, yeah, Hulk Hogan, uh, he he hurt skinny little Richard Belzer. Yeah. Uh, out of Did you watch that? Have you, uh, I, I, I didn't go and watch okay. the clip you were talking about. It's essentially Hulk Hogan and Mr. T are being 
like meathead assholes. Okay. And they don't like that this skinny little nerd is ha- making jokes at the expense of wrestling, which is clearly not then he's not not like you know stabbing in the back about it. He's just right. like doing the talk show host thing, like you know some little jibes or whatever, you know. Yeah. But it's all in good fun. Yeah. I mean, uh, and Hulk Hogan essentially like <laughs> compressed his windpipe or something and caused <laughs> yeah. him to pass out, and he fell down and like blood spurting from his head. It's yeah. I it's mean, awful. I'll I'll say this: it's a testament to Hulk Hogan's. After a certain point, his his amount the amount of control that he had that he was able to keep from just snapping Richard Belzer <laughs> like a twig. Like he actually was able to hold him just tight enough to crush his, you know, to squeeze his windpipe without destroying it. Right. So good for him in that way, but uh, yeah, it uh, it's just a bad situation, and it's just very clearly it's very frustrating to me. And uh, I will, I'm not going to update you guys, but I'm going to follow this and and uh, feel free to as well. I don't usually follow I I don't usually follow uh, like celebrity gossip, but when it's right, something this, this awful, it, and it, it contains elements that speak directly to you. Yes. So, uh, yeah, which is why, of course, I'll be watching the Denise Richards show. Absolutely. On, on e. For the uh, obvious reasons. We don't even have to verbalize it. It's complicated, David. <laughs> so that's the name of the show, right? Yes, that okay. is the name of the show. Good for you. <laughs> it, I don't think that is good for me that I know the name of that show. Is there anything on E! worth watching? No. Saturday Night Live reruns, maybe? Do they still maybe. do that? I don't even qualify that because it's like, you know. It didn't. That didn't originate with E. Oh, what about uh, the soup? Is that E? Yes, and I've heard that's I, I like, actually I like pretty the good. Soup. And then you know, there back when they back when E was still like gaining popularity, it had the E True Hollywood Story, which was often very interesting, um, but still just very gossipy. Yeah, I'm so happy that uh, you know. I love my wife and everything, but she likes watching E, and we don't get it, thankfully. But uh, if we did, I mean, that's the channel that would this be. This is on what I hate time. about about cable, about the the whole package thing. Yeah. You know, I wish I could just take E and be like, "Listen, Time Warner, I'll trade you for the Game Show Network." Because Ex- <laughs> right now, in order for me to get the Game Show Network, I would have to pay a lot more and get a whole bunch of channels that I'll never watch. Yeah, I I really wish that it was like a, you know, you just pay you for just... X amount of channels and exactly. you pick. That would be why can't they do that? I know. I would grant. I would probably only pick like ten, <laughs> you know, because of the package I have now. I really only watch like five channels. See, I, I I would end up picking stuff that sounded cool that I never watched. Like right now, I have the military channel, and oh, I probably watched it maybe a. To- I've had it for three or four months now, and I probably watched it a total of like an hour and twenty minutes. <laughs> All right. But I like that I have it. Yeah, it's nice to have the option. Yeah, you know. Um. So, all right. Well, I think. Uh, yeah. Well, since we've been talking about so much funny stuff. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was thinking like, how the hell are we gonna go into this? Um. Yeah, my allergies are killing me. I can. I can tell. You look, uh, yeah. listeners. He looks awful. More so. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. So we're. Uh, let's get into it, shall we? All right. Uh. We do what? What are we calling it? Parodies, spoofs. Yeah, yeah. Spoofs, parodies. Yeah, yeah. Um, Okay. Well, that's that's what we're gonna that's what we're gonna talk about. Let's. uh, You know, we should say 
It's uh, in honor of the Get Smart movie coming out. Okay, why not? Uh, you know, because I have been, as I've talked about way too often in the show in the past frequently, few, few, very uh, frequently. couple months. I uh, apparently, been... I am to Christianity what you are to the Get Smart movie. Like, it's yeah. really just... But I, I, I went back and I've been watching the old, the, the TV show, and, and you know, which I had watched when I was young. My, my mom was a big fan of it, and so uh, I remember liking it then, but watching it now from a more like mature point of view, I get oh, it was really funny. Right. Like, it was a really good show. And it was created by Mel Brooks, uh, who oh. uh, Mel Brooks and Buck Henry uh, yeah. created it. And uh, Mel Brooks is, is sort of uh, one of the uh, I don't know what you want to call it the uh, fathers of the genre, okay. All right. you know, of the of the of the spoof genre with with his uh, of course Blazing Saddles and Spaceballs, and then a bunch of bad ones. Yeah, <laughs> well, Frankenstein, yeah, Frankenstein, of yeah. course, yeah. Uh, so the, yeah, that, that's okay. That, there's our intro. That's how we got, how we got there. Yeah, it's really um, it's really interesting. I mean, we you know we discussed comedies uh, fairly early in uh, in the podcast, uh, like I think episode two or three, and uh, you know we talk about uh, parodies and stuff and and spoofs, and you know it's just it's one of the, I feel like it's one of the most difficult subgenres that you could. That you could have because oh, sorry for banging the mic against the wall there. <laughs> I'm gonna start banging this mic against my head. <laughs> um, but uh, because the thing is, like, it's it's impossible. I feel like it's impossible to have like there with comedy. There's still the possibility of like having like serious drama or you know having some some kind of pathos in there as well. With with parodies. You cannot do that. I mean, it literally is just a function of measuring out laughs. How many laughs are you getting? You yeah. Know? Um, and I feel like, uh, you know, the Zuckers, uh, was that Zucker Abrams? Zucker? Yeah. Um, I feel like... Zazz. Zazz. Which is much <laughs> more fun to say. Um, I feel like they really, I mean... Like, Mel Brooks, like, really started off, but he would sometimes... He would do a parody, but he would kind of sometimes take his time setting up a joke... Uh-huh. And and you're like, oh man, that's really funny. Zaz, uh, they would literally their their theory seemed to be, I'm just going to throw as many jokes at you as possible. Yeah. And now to their credit, many of the the vast majority of them were funny. Yeah. Um, like in airplane, in airplane and that kind of thing. Um, and air and the second airplane movie, I'd say as well. With Sonny Bono. Exactly. <laughs> um, and so uh, I and and I feel like. Uh, the the spoof or the or the parody. I feel like it has taken the uh, that mentality, but they were still fairly witty in what they did, you know. Yeah. Um, but like if you look at you know the Wayans brothers, um, I kind of like the first scary movie. I think it's okay. Yeah, um, I think I laughed I mean, a lot anyway. Uh, it, it was there along with uh, you know American Pie and stuff where like. Uh, shock comedies yeah. aimed at teens were were really starting to have a, a you know the, this sort of resurgence you know yeah. and uh, those two I, American Pie and and Scary Movie I, I think are really uh, they're they're in retrospect like looking at it from a contemporary point of view if you were just look at the, all the other movies that came with it they wouldn't seem that 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 novel yeah. but uh, at the time I think they were notable for their audacity yeah uh, and and that's. It, it was funny at the time because 
it was so extreme. Now, then everybody else came along and, and did it, and you get movies like like Tomcats or whatever, which oh and like uh, that just. Uh, it just became so so blasé that now, you know, now we've got like Judd Apatow making these movies where there are these the same sort of shock elements, but he's bringing it back to having having drama and right. stuff. Like we needed Judd Apatow to sort of re reposition. But what's especially odd, um, yeah, I mean, I guess here's what we'll do. I think because uh, I mean we've already gotten to the late, you know. 20 aughts like I think we, we should probably go back and, no, just, yeah, I and talk about because you talked about Mel Brooks you and, talked about the, the sort of lack of of dramatic potential and that's there but it's not just the comedy uh, it could have, you know you often it's sending up a genre you right. know that's that's a the, the main touchstone of it but if you look at uh, I mean Blazing Saddles and Get Smart Blazing Saddles in particular has a lot of commentary it's it's satirical yeah. and it's and it's smart, and it's it has it, it has you know socio political applications. Yeah, you know, um, the just the uh, Blazing Saddles is an amazing movie. I have to yeah. say, uh, just the uh, the inversion of a stereotype, you know, or just overdoing stereotypes to the point where where uh, their ridiculousness becomes apparent. Right. Uh, that's it's it's important. It was important at the time, I guess. Uh, and it still yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> no, that kind of we that we got over it. Um, yeah, no, but I think Blazing Saddles still has something to say. You know, no, I and, think so and as it's, well. It's sad that that movie, as written, could not be made today. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get all you know. I will sound like uh, I don't know who I'll sound like, but I, I hate the people, I hate when people say like, oh, everybody's too politically correct. Well, they kind of are, but well, what I think uh, is interesting it's is sad that 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 kind of statement can't be made, even though it's. Uh, the the statement behind Blazing Saddles is is very fair and yeah uh, you know and uh, egalitarian, but yeah. because it uses these words or whatever, it, you know, because it makes its point well, yeah, uh, it it couldn't be said today. Yeah, and it's it's very odd because I feel like in almost every in almost every other a- uh, aspect, like movies from the '60s and '70s, like are much more tame than movies today. I mean, you can basically show. Any kind, you know, any body part, you can say almost any word, you can show any kind of violence, and it's just kind of acceptable, uh, which was not the case, you know, yeah. for, you know, 30, 40 years ago. Uh, but in that, in that way, like, if something is not politically correct, you know, yeah. um, like if, you know, if a character actually, you know, if a character does use the word, like, faggot, or, like, make negative comments uh-huh. about gay people that person needs to be painted in a very negative light right um you know i mean it it's like it's funny in the departed but these guys are kind of to borrow a word you used earlier they're kind of meatheads you know what yeah. i mean and they're not actually calling gay guys faggots they're calling each other faggots because yeah. man that's what they do you know and uh but in blazing Saddles when dom de <laughs> says now watch <laughs> me faggots <laughs> it's just it's funny. funny yeah um, and especially because it's him acting yeah. as effeminate as the rest of them. Yeah, um. <laughs> he's like, "Do you get it?" And they go, "Yes." <laughs> Sounds like gas escaping. <laughs> um, and, and it's sad that 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 now we I mean we talked when we did the comedy episode more than a year ago. Now um, we talked about how dumb the like epic movie and yeah. and um, what's the other one that I'm thinking of? Date movie, Meet the Spartans. Date movie, yeah. Um, 
yeah, meet the Spartans, how how dumb they are. And it's it's sad that this genre has become increasingly dumbed down. Yeah. Because, I mean, in a sense, it's always been kind of a a dumb genre, but in in a, in a fun way. Now yeah. it's in like a low, lowest common denominator way. You know, uh, I, I would I wanted to talk about. Uh, I want to keep bringing it back to get smart. Okay. Uh, another thing that was sort of uh, you could see it as an early uh version of what you saw in Blazing Shadows with the with the um exaggeration of stereotypes and this is uh very like socio political humor. There's uh an, an episode of Get Smart where a tribe of, of Native Americans uh is planning to attack Washington DC to get like their rights back. <laughs> and okay. uh everyone like thinks they have a missile in this huge teepee, you know? Okay. And then like when the teepee comes down it's just a gigantic arrow. <laughs> And it's it's one of the smartest episodes of Get Smart, and yeah. uh, and of course Don Adams said that's the second biggest era I've ever seen. That's, <laughs> um, that's my Don Adams impression. Yeah, me. that was uh, <laughs> it's delightful. That could also be uh, that could also be Al Jolson. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, it's also my Bugs Bunny and, and my Edward G. Robinson. It's not all the same. I just sort of I sort of close the right side of my mouth. And... <laughs> um, but uh, you know, it's interesting actually talking about like the the differences between you know epic movie and like blazing saddles or, or young frankenstein because i feel like what like you know modern parodies what they will do is they will simply use their awareness of some, i mean we've said this before they will simply use their awareness of something as the joke yeah. whereas those old ones they will there there certainly is that like they will make a they will make a a joke about something everybody knows about, but then they will also sometimes incorporate a joke that has nothing to do with what they're parodying. Like, which shows that yes, we do have an original sense of humor as well. I will bring up. Okay. We've already discussed. We discussed on, uh, on the John Alonzo episode, uh, the movie, the cheap detective, Uh which is not that good of a movie. Um, but basically it parodies just kind of film noir and more specifically like Bogart movies. Yeah. There is a little exchange, which I will tell you now. It makes me laugh every time. It has nothing to do with what it is parodying. It's just a funny little exchange uh-huh. that I laugh, I'm laughing now thinking of it. It's when, okay, so there's a John, uh, John Hausman plays a Sydney Green Street type, and then there's Peter Falk as, uh, as uh, Humphrey Bogart. And so they're, they're in this restaurant, and their waiter is Asian. That comes into play later, uh-huh. and so, um, so he goes. He goes. Would you like a drink? And he goes. He goes. Yeah, sure. I'll have a. I'll have a brandy. And he goes. One gin sling. And he's like, uh, I ordered a brandy. He goes. Oh no no no. Uh, gin sling is one gin sling is the waiter's name. He's like. And he goes. He goes one. He's like one brandy, one gin sling. And so so then then the waiter walks away. Okay, a little amusing already. A little you know a little racist. Yeah. <laughs> Waiter comes back, sets down the drink, and Peter Falk goes, uh, this is a gin sling. And he goes, and, and then John Hausman's like, damn, I was wrong. The waiter's name is Brandy. And it's, just, <laughs> it's such a stupid, and to me, I think it's just a really funny joke. Yeah. Um, you know, and the kind that is absolutely a Neil Simon joke. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing, like, that joke, it makes me laugh, and it has nothing to do with, uh, you know, Maltese Falcon or anything yeah. like that. Like, 
it uses yeah, they were valid this, they they used these used to be valid comedies right as, as opposed to now like you said it's just a, a pastiche of things that we recognize like things that have happened in right. the past year it has you nothing know? to yeah and I mean, had, yeah it, that's exactly what I'm going to say because okay. I, I talked about with Mel Brooks and the sort of you know social political commentary what people like the Zucker Abram Zucker what what they were doing it wasn't it, it wasn't on a, a social scale but they were they would take a genre and they would really point out the ways in which all of these movies are the same right. you know it, and and they were smart they, you know you would you could actually watch uh one of these movies like like i mean i, I wasn't on an airplane i guess uh and you could actually realize oh yeah they do all do that like yeah. they were really, it was people smarter than you pointing out right. you know here's how uh here's how lazy hollywood is or how lazy these storytellers are and what's you know? and what's good about it is and they now, help you now realize the, the makers are the lazy ones. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, they, what they did is they helped you realize something that you kind of already knew but maybe weren't aware of completely. But, like, when you see it, like you, like you just said, you see it and you're like, yeah, you know what? I think they do this, yeah. you know? And, like, and I feel like with Spaceballs, a movie that is not that – it's as far as parodies go, it's only so-so. Yeah. But it does have something to say. It really comments – more so, like, it, it comments on the Star Wars series. Uh-huh. More so than that, it comments on just the vast franchise of Star Wars. Yeah. And it has become more, it has become prophetic. Yeah. And, I mean, it has become, Star Wars has become such, it's gone from a franchise to an entire industry. Yeah. And, like, Spaceballs really called it. I mean, like, yeah. he goes, like, like, Mel Brooks as Yogurt. Which is an obvious joke, but he goes like he's like he goes he goes I'll see you in the sequel Spaceballs: The Search for More Money, and it's like and of course that's a reference to Star Trek: The Search for Spock. Right. But he's absolutely right. They came back to the well several more times, and uh, but yeah, I mean these new these new movies all they all they do is just show you something they don't have anything to say about it. They might not even show you anything that is necessarily funny. Or yeah. something that everyone agrees is funny or ridiculous or something like that. Yeah. They will simply say, here is what happened. Remember? I mean, <laughs> it's like, like watching them, like watching these, is, it's like watching the news because you simply like, or like a recap of everything that's happened in the last year. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what they're going to, like, we're going to, I'm going to, like, in 20 years, I'll throw in date movie and I'll be like, oh, I remember Pimp My Ride. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know, you know, they don't have anything to say about it, but yeah. I remember that it existed. <laughs> Like, literally, it goes from airplane where you're like, yeah, you know what? They do all do that to, yeah, that did exist. <laughs> I remember that. Um, yeah, and, and I would say probably one of the best parodies of the last, you know, probably in the last 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I feel like it kind of breaks the rule that I said earlier where it actually does have moment, slight moments of poignance, which is hot fuzz. Oh, okay. Which, yeah. And you don't realize it's a parody until the end. You know, yeah. it's, I'd say it's really only the last act that is a parody, um, because. But what's more, yeah, I, I think mean, I think I'm tending to uh, to to define these more narrowly. Okay. You know, uh, because I I, never, I I mean, Hot Fuzz is a parody, but I don't think of it as like a a spoof movie. No, but, not necessarily. I mean, I guess it's I guess you could say it's like an homage, like a loving yeah, a loving homage that also recognizes that yeah, these action movies are kind of ridiculous, but. We wouldn't have many other way, like you know, something like that. Yeah, which is what the best you know of of these types of movies are. I mean, yeah. I, I wish I could. 
pull more examples than Blazing Saddles and Airplane. <laughs> well, I mean, I'd say, you know, I'd say Young Frankenstein and, uh, right. you know, maybe, I'd say maybe even Hot Shots a little bit. I'm a big fan of Hot Shots. I have not seen it. I literally, the last time I saw it was in the theater. Like, that's how long it's been since I've seen it. I kind of want to watch it again. Okay. Oh, well, you, I'm sorry. You said you were a big fan of it. I mean, was there anything? I, mean, I, was, there just, any, what? I was literally just thinking of moments from it that I liked. Like, <laughs> yeah, Lloyd Bridges is like on the, the deck of the aircraft car- yeah. carrier and his hat blows off. And he's like, oh, he's like, we'll have to go back. Like, it's just funny to me. He turn the whole aircraft carrier around for his, his hat. That's funny. Um, and, you know, actually, and here's here's an interesting thing. A movie that you and I both like is The Lost Skeleton of Cadavra. Yeah. And for those unaware, it's it's a very funny movie, uh, and it's kind of a parody of, like, those really cheesy sci-fi movies of, like, the, you know, I'd say the 50s and 60s. Um, it's very funny. And a lot of the com- – I'd say most of the comedy comes from just just these amusing little lines that – where, uh, like, there's a – like, it really – it gets this right where – there's a scientist, but the writers didn't want to learn anything about science. So literally, they will have the scientist make reference to like, it's like, oh man, it's like I'm, it's like, honey, that meal was delicious. I can barely move, let alone do science. <laughs> and like, like that's really funny. But like, like there's this other, there's this other, uh, there's a, an evil scientist, of course, and he's talking to a, a park ranger. And uh, the park ranger's like, say, you don't believe all that stuff about the lost skeleton or whatever. And he goes, Ranger, I think it's, is it Ranger Brad? He's like, he goes, Ranger Brad, I'm a scientist. I don't believe in anything. (laughs) And it just, and, you know, stuff like, lines like that are very funny, you know. Um, I like that this episode is just becoming name a movie and then. And then we just, we just mentioned a couple parts of it. That well, I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that. No, because I think that's it's what fun. these movies often are. Yeah. Is really like I said, they're a collection of jokes, and you walk out remembering some scenes. But what I'll say about Lost Skeleton, in, in spite of the fact that I do think it's very funny and mm-hmm. I really like it a lot, it got fairly poor reviews. Like Ebert gave it one and a half stars because he said, "How can you, how can you make fun of something? Like, like how can you?" do a spoof of something that is just, that's bad. It's that is so bad in its own way. Like, I guess his view was, it's kind of, his view seemed to be kind of the same with mine when it came to like death proof or, or the grindhouse project in general Uh where like, you know, the, the people who made lost skeleton of cadaver, they're talented actors and talented writers. So like, why not devote your time to something better? Because, I mean, you know, these old movies, they were as good as they could be given the talent and the time spent, you know? Okay, yeah. And so it's like, with this one, it's like, it, it does come from an air of, with an air of, like, I'd say superiority to these. And so some would say, like, that's not the well, way yeah. to make a good parody. I, I, but I think there is a little bit of love in Lost Skeleton of Cadaver. I think they, I think they do like the movies that they're parodying. I suppose. I mean, you could, you could, you actually could say that rather than simply do a parody of it, they're just trying to make one of their own. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, they're also lowering their own level of quality so that they can do that. So it's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of back and forth within me about, about that movie, but I, I, I'm, I'm going to come down uh, staunchly on the side of, I, I like that movie. And I think that they do, yeah, this is something that's important yeah, to these type of movies is 
no matter what you're sending up, making fun of, or whatever, right? You're not gonna have a good parody unless you, part of you actually likes these things, right? You know, that's the case with, you know, with Hot Shots and everything before, you know, right. uh, like, uh, and you know, like the the police squad, you know, stuff. yeah. Oh, uh, naked gun! I forgot. All, there's no, I had, didn't write naked gun down on here. Oh my gosh, I'm stupid. I had, I had police squad in my head. I, <laughs> I'm not. I'm going uh, sans notes today. Okay, but, uh, it's all up here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I want to talk about a movie, uh, a more recent. Uh, I guess it's a parody um, that I think is is funny, but turns me off in that it it doesn't like the thing that it's parodying. And okay. That's uh, Team America. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's. We you know we talked earlier about the sort of the gentle chiding and the way that you would watch it and go oh yeah I guess they do all do these you know oh that is a, right. a, a trope of the of the genre uh, Team America like is so bald faced in its yeah. I, I, in its animosity towards the uh, Bruckheimer right uh, you know genre <laughs> I mean it pretty much is a, a genre yeah. that it uh, I don't know it's it, I, I think it, uh, the the most direct result of that is that I think it loses its rewatchability. Uh, I, I, I'd be much more, I've seen, you know, I've seen Hot Shots way more times than I've seen Team America. I think mm-hmm. I've seen Team America twice. Uh, but still, I would rather watch Hot Shots again than watch Team America again. I do, I, I own Team America and I've seen it a few times and I, I always laugh because I think what they, they're, com- they're certainly commenting on a genre of movie or, you know, a genre of movie that's, right. Not very good, but they're also using that the the you know the staples of that genre to also make you know some political statements, which of course is what South Park you know Trey Parker and, and Matt Stone have always kind of done. Um, so I find myself chuckling at that quite a bit. But uh, but I, you know what? I think when it comes right down to it, I probably would rather watch Airplane yeah. or Young Frankenstein. It's weird because uh, I I appreciate it more in South Park than I, I just feel like. Uh, it's such a movie is such a it's such a big thing. Yeah. Uh you should be a little more artful about it. Hmm. You know? It's okay if they get a little uh you know, strident and preachy on yeah. the South Park because there's gonna you know, it's twenty two minutes and there's gonna be twenty of them every year. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> they don't have to they don't have they shouldn't have to but more time is spent on a, on a movie, right. so it should, like I said, it should be more artful. I'm not saying they should certainly they shouldn't take yeah. out the commentary. Yeah, they just uh, their their hatred shouldn't be so so immediately apparent. And what's interesting is if you watch like special features and stuff, like you say, like you'll you get like Trey Parker saying like, yeah, when we started making this, like we just had it in mind, like it's like yeah, these movies blow, and then by the end of it, it's like. This was hard enough just with puppets. Like they, they <laughs> even though they didn't like the movies anymore, they recognize it's like, yeah, this is actually making them is something of an achievement, even if they're not that good. Like they achieved a certain level of respect for it. I don't know if that. I don't think it really comes through in the movie, no. but just in their attitudes. But that uh, that does bring me to something that I forgot about. Uh, you mentioned it earlier, and I wanted to say something then, but I forgot. Um, did you see Walk Hard? No, I didn't. That. That movie is fascinating because it winds up they, they try they start out trying to do the thing that uh, that the Zuckers and uh, is it Jim Abrams? I can't remember. <laughs> uh, whatever Zaz. Um, it starts out trying to do what they do is pointing out 
the conventions of the musical biopic, you know, Ray and, and mm. Walk the Line and all that. And sure enough, <laughs> I mean, you, you watch and you're like, oh, yeah, I guess they are all, they are all kind of like this. Um, but what's strange is slowly but surely over the course of the movie, it gives itself over to these conventions. And before you know it, by the end, there's really not that many laughs, but you're much more emotionally invested in the character, which, you know, so I'd say it's not a successful parody. Yeah, um, it t- doesn't sound like it. It just winds up being like a, a musical biopic of somebody who didn't exist. Like, it just happened to be that. Um, it's it's an interesting movie to watch on that level, because John C. Riley, like, he does such a great job that you're just like, oh, yeah, you know that these movies aren't supposed to have really any kind of depth, right? Yeah. Like, like, or like emotional depth. Yeah. Emotional depth, right, right. But uh, but I'd still say it's worth seeing because the because the songs are that's the thing they they those are supposed to be parodies you know in style of the songs of like yeah. Walk the Line stuff but they wind up being just really good songs in and of themselves yeah well that, there's nothing wrong with that no not at all like, I don't we think talked that's about a problem. Um, uh, well, I guess it hasn't come up yet it hasn't uh, aired yet or whatever the the Paul Goebel show that we were on oh right we uh, when I got on a little tangent about Weird Al. Oh yeah, and that's another guy that he yeah he does parodies and and he does often uh, like we talk we'll talk, you know listen to the show we talked about it but he does parodies of certain genres and not not it's not always just uh, <laughs> just him doing you know different versions of a song that already exists right he parodies genres but they are they are good songs yeah they're very like it's weird because I mean you know we're talking let's yeah let's go into Weird Al a little bit um, he's a guy who. In his like, let's say um, "Dare to Be Stupid," for example, which of course is a parody of everything that Devo right. ever made, and uh, and of course he points in in his version he points out like you're like oh yeah, I guess every Devo song really does sound like this <laughs> every single one, and yet also it's a pretty rocking little song yeah and so rocking that they put it on Transformers apparently completely uh, ignoring the content of the song yeah <laughs> but what but it was just so damn cool and so i feel like he's somebody who who really is like it's like it's like yeah all their songs sound like this and and it's not that difficult to replicate but damned if it if it isn't catchy you know like yeah. he i don't remember <clears throat> i mean i guess he has done uh parodies of like songs that were just you know very much in the moment like he made a he did a parody of uh achy breaky heart uh, I can't remember it. Yeah, it's called Achy Breaky Song, and it's all about how horrible that song is, or more specifically, how overexposed it is. Ah. And uh, so that's one of the rare instances where he, go, he uh, to put it in political terms, goes negative. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'd say for the most part, yeah, like his his songs have a great deal of affection for yeah. what they're, uh, what they're uh, sending up. Um, now, let me take a look at... Uh, Except he hates polka. <laughs> he really likes to stick it to polka. Exactly. I, I mean, mean, that's the one. That I like Weird Al a lot, but I I don't think that polka music is necessarily funny. Just like he 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 seems to think that the the mere existence of of polka music is is hilarious, and it has been for at least twenty years. I'd w- say without it's, any diminishment. It, the and and that's the thing is it can be funny but a solid 80% of that comedy comes from the outfits you know <laughs> like that's something you can't pick up you know on the song but uh yeah so i'm looking at my list here and i don't really have uh i don't really have anything else i will say this uh 
you know, we talk about Mel Brooks like with, you know, Get Smart and Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein and even Spaceballs. But mm-hmm. like, you know, he he also did Dracula Dead and Loving It and Robin Hood Men in Tights. Like, what do you what do you think went wrong? I mean, why do you think he those ones are just not that good? Well, I think as people get older, uh, it, it happens a lot. People who are funny often get less funny as they get older yeah. for a couple of reasons, either because their priorities change, you know, and, and so, uh, I mean, I, you could make a case that Robin Hood Men in Tights and, and is just phoned in, in a way. Yeah. Uh, or also, I think it, it has more to do with the older you become, the less, it, for most people, uh, the less you're the the less you you are current with pop culture, right, right? You know, you might think you are, and that's where the problem comes in. You yeah. know, is that Mel Brooks says, "Oh, this movie Robin Hood Men in Tights made a lot of of money. It's clearly popular. I should lampoon it." Right. But he uh, at that at hit his age. I don't think he uh, had enough of the context of the of of the movie to to understand. You know, because Blazing Saddles is a is a Western parody, but it also has says so much about 1974, and right. and just like it, it's clearly of its time, you know, and and right, that's what Robin Hood Men in Tights is is missing is is the context. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's, I think it's probably it bodes poorly for the satirical value of Robin Hood Men in Tights that the the funniest part of it has it couldn't be further from. A parody, which is the presence of Richard Lewis, uh-huh. like, like first off in in uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, Prince John isn't even a character. So yeah. like, but he works him in, and he just is Richard Lewis. Yeah, and it, his mole moves around, un- <laughs> not unlike. I have a mole. Yeah, which of course is exactly the same joke with Igor in uh, Young Frankenstein <laughs> right. and his hump. But but I remember to go back, of course, to a line that I find really funny is. When uh, the sheriff of Nottingham like uh, brings out like all these knights, you know, to show how freaking <laughs> heavily fortified they are, and they're just run, and there's just lo- a huge line of knights, and they're just running in, and there's just all this clanging, and and of course <laughs> Richard Lewis is just like, I hope it's worth the noise, and it's like, like that's funny, but that's not parodying anything, like yeah. that's just Richard Lewis being himself, and so. <laughs> You know, so that's the thing. It's still amusing, but as far as par- as far as actual like what a parody is supposed to accomplish, it uh, just doesn't really do it. So, well, those are uh, that was Tyler Smith's closing thoughts. Oh yeah, I guess yes. <laughs> I do. Uh, it is a goal of mine to try and end every podcast talking about Robin Hood uh, Men in Tights, and this is the first time I've gotten I've been able to do it. So yeah. But uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, so we're gonna cut this one a little short. Uh, so thanks. Everybody for listening, and of course, uh, any uh, feedback. We say a little short, but this is like you go back to the early episode. Yeah, this, this is what we did. Like, yeah. This is what we said we wanted to do. Yeah, we've we we're like it's punishing to have people listen to an hour and fifteen minute episodes. But, uh, apparently, we're a couple of self involved gas bags, and we don't think it's, uh, it's too much to ask of you and, uh, listeners at all to hear us talk for an hour and fifteen minutes. Anybody who, and I'd say at this point, most of our listeners also listen to other podcasts. Anybody who listens to any podcast know that the podcast starts at this length and it winds up so far, like never not funny. It's about 40 to 45 minutes. Yeah. Now it's an hour and a half. Yeah. Uh, Mike Schmidt in the course of 10 episodes, 10 episodes went from like 20 minutes to a full hour. Yeah. And that's him talking alone. I like, <laughs> I like his podcast, but like that's an achievement. 
And so I don't think we're uh, I don't think we're out of the loop on this one. I think we're right okay. where we right where we need to be. So. Well, if we can end this one before the fifty minute mark, it'll be like a little bit of nostalgia. People can be like, oh, I remember the early days when I used to get more done because those two weren't talking for so long. I kind of like the idea <laughs> of us continuing to talk about the length until we hit 50 minutes. <laughs> no, let's, let's not do that. Okay. But of course, uh, battleship pretension at hotmail.com if you have any uh, questions or comments. And uh, we'll get you next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye.